Carrie.com. We welcome in uh, 30-year official Carrie Fraser, who, uh, hey, Carrie, if you could fly in in the next 10 days, they'd probably love to have you. I know it's a little bit far from where you're at, but uh, it would be great. You'd enjoy it. You could, you could go turn back the clock. Uh, you don't have to wear a helmet if you don't want to, and, uh, and away you roll. Well, I like the fact uh, that there's no reviews and you don't have to know what an offside is and uh, you don't even have to know what a penalty is. So, boy, I'll tell you, I'd fit right in there. That uh, that sounds like right up my ballywick. <laughs> However, the weather would be a little different than what I'm used to here in Aruba. It's, uh, you know, 80 uh, degrees plus and sunny with a nice breeze. Uh, so I uh, unfortunately I would volunteer if I was uh, back in New Jersey, but uh, we'll save that for another year, maybe. All right, yeah, well, maybe we'll we'll plan it out. They usually they have it about every three years, so we could plan well ahead. Bring in, you'd love it. It's a great event. Now I'd uh, love to do it. Yeah, as an official, I'm sure you saw uh, Alex Burroughs getting a 10-game suspension for really a needless play. I have no idea why he snapped and decided to try to knee a guy in the back of the head. It was one of the dumber plays I've seen recently. I think they got it right. Um, first of all, I want to, did you ever have a situation as an official that, uh, eerily similar at all to that, where a guy just seemed to snap and started kneeing guys? Yeah. Dave Manson in Chicago one night, uh, in a fight, uh, couldn't uh, get at his opponent and, uh, decided he had him down and, and, uh, with a, with a front, uh, front on view and, uh, decided that he was going to fire the knees into the head. Uh, he got a match penalty for that. Um, I assessed a couple of match penalties uh, to Brian Marchment, and of course they weren't of the Alex Burroughs, uh, uh, Charlie Manson uh, sort of thing. Uh, he usually attacked a player who was approaching him and had his knee well extended uh, and received either a major uh, in game misconduct or uh, in a couple of cases a match penalty for having it out so far and so long that you knew it was a, uh, a deliberate attempt to injure um, so those are uh, those are the kind of things like Alex Burroughs. It, it, this makes no sense. Um, I think ten games is a huge message, message that is being sent. Um, that's a lot of that's a big number. Um, one of the craziest things I ever had was in a non televised game in the early '80s, and it was the uh, Vancouver Canucks just after Tiger Williams had been traded uh, from Toronto, and uh, the. the uh, the game was an afternoon game uh, in the Washington Cap Center, and towards the end of the season, he and Randy Holt were uh, – Tiger was just ahead of him in the uh, penalty minutes uh, lead in the league. Uh, Holt got uh, body checked uh, in the, on the first shift. He was mad. Uh, on the second shift, he grabbed Patrick Sundstrom, who was a skilled player, <laughs> yeah. hardly got any penalties, and he started wailing away on him. Uh, I was down in that end zone. It was in the corner, and I'm hoping the linesmen are going to get there quick because Holt was really doing a job on him. Holt didn't wear a helmet, by the way, and I saw the first guy arriving from the blue line on a full-speed charge was the Tiger, and he had his stick out in a prone position, cross-check position, and I was put. I got in front of him, like you know, to fend him off with the the stop sign, the cop shop, you know, crossing guard. Put the hand up, and this guy wasn't stopping. And I just stepped aside, like uh, the uh, the matador Olay, and he snapped a stick right in half across the back of Randy Holt's head. It drove him into the glass. Uh, he didn't fall down. Uh, but it uh, it cut his lip from hitting the glass, and then everybody piled in. Rod Langway got cut big time with a skate. Uh, Mike Gartner was on the ice at the. T- 
time. It was it was a mess. I called a match penalty, and we had to have an emergency hearing. Now, the emergency hearing was done in Toronto, uh, and uh, Brian O'Neill flew in from Montreal for convenience for the player uh, and for me uh, because we went directly from Washington to Toronto. And I got to tell you, I've never heard a crazier defense. Tiger was special anyway. I mean, he was a character. He had a personality that just didn't quit. Not many characters in the game like him anymore. There aren't any. So his line of defense, he started talking about hunting grizzly bear with a bow and arrow. And he said how you had to bat when they started charging, you only got one shot at them and you had to get them, you know, or they, they, they'd kill you. He said, I just bagged a 350 pounder. The rug is on my floor. And he went on and on about hunting grizzly bear. And he said, the only way you can kill them is with an aluminum arrow. He said, that's why I don't use an aluminum stick, because if I had a hit Randy Holt with an aluminum stick, even lightly, he'd be dead. He said, wood doesn't hurt. It breaks easy. He said, and he pointed at me and he said, referee Fraser in his report said that Holt didn't even fall down. I didn't hit him that hard. And Brian O'Neill looked at me and I said, well, that's correct, Mr. O'Neill. He didn't fall down. So he went through the whole deal and we left that meeting and we were going to get a cab together to the airport. And I said, Tiger, that's the biggest load of horse shit that I've ever heard in my life. He said, you know what? I think he went for it. Sure enough, he did. He got one game uh, suspension for uh, multiple game misconducts, but he never got suspended for breaking the stick over Holt's head. And he said, I don't know how that guy didn't go down because he said, man, did I ever get him. <laughs> ha. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, after the fact – You've probably uh, heard some really interesting stories. Kerry Fraser joins us, longtime uh, NHL official here on Inside the Stripes, uh, NHL edition. And, you know, we're talking about the Alex Burroughs situation where you know, players just clearly go over the line. Like it was, you know, I was hoping the NHL was going to come down hard on him because and, – and it's kind of easy, Kerry, to come down hard on a play like that because it's so infrequent, right? Like it's, you know, sometimes – and that's where I look and say if the NHL was really serious about eliminating hitting from behind, then they would come down hard on one guy, like give him 10 games for hitting from behind because then I think it would get people's attention. But when you're only giving hits from behind one or two games – People are ah, whatever. They don't think about it. Uh, you give a guy knee in, which we never see 10 games. You know, we're probably never going to see that anyway, you know, for the next 15 years. So it's it's kind of an easy suspension. Do you agree with that? I do, uh, To you know, to a degree. The other thing is this was so needless. This wasn't a typical in-the-spur-of-the-moment hockey play uh, where a player's attacking another one and makes a poor decision to to see the numbers and in the speed of real time decides that he's going to hammer him from behind and I'm not condoning that man I want to see those those up more than two games for sure I want to see hits to the head more than two or three games but in this particular case Taylor Hall made a really good open ice legal body check he put his shoulder he moved off the center mass so he didn't get his head he put the shoulder into him uh it was just a good solid body check that we like to see it should be part of the game and and uh so burrows took exception to it and he he tracked him he hunted him down he kept he kept antagonizing and pushing and shoving when the whistle blew that's when he gave him sort of a sucker punch uh with a, a glove to the face two hands to the face knocked him down and uh started wailing away on him um he was obviously burrows upset but he shouldn't have been uh, you got to give and you got to take 
Uh, and Alex Burroughs has certainly, uh, over his career, given more than he's gotten. So that this kind of play, when they're laying on the ice, and Taylor Hall is in a vulnerable position, and he's covered up, and it's over, the fight's over, and this is where they came up with the aggressor portion of it, which typically only occurs under the fighting rule, uh, but he just wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And bringing that knee up as high as he did, the, the skate, you've got, a, you've got a referee standing right, or a linesman right behind Burroughs. When he brought that st- uh, skate up, guys are vulnerable. They could have got that in the face. The one thing that i got to say, and two referees were standing right there, this is such an oddity that it's got to be viewed as a match penalty. This, this you know, 10-game suspension... And all they called was a minor penalty, two minor penalties, I think one for for uh, uh, cross-checking and one for roughing uh, on Alex Burroughs. Um, when you see that leg come up and they're both standing there, they had to see it, um, it just bothers me that there isn't a quick reaction to this kind of play that goes over the top. And I think I mentioned before, uh, when I was on the ice, uh, my litmus test for a match penalty was when I went holy blank and this was a holy blank episode because when he brings that knee up and drives it hard into the back of taylor hall's head we are also very concerned about hits to the head illegal checks to the head and such that this should have been ruled on the ice at the time a match penalty Kerry fraser longtime nhl official he joins us uh, inside the stripes NHL edition, and you know we, we talked about that goalie interference call a little bit last night, Kerry. Um, you know that they, they've reviewed it. I, I didn't think it was goalie interference. I definitely wouldn't have thought it was goalie interference before. Now three weeks ago, I could see why they would have overturned it because I think they had gone way too far and being overreactive to it. Was that the right call? And is this maybe a sign that they finally figured out that they don't need to uh, be overly ticky tack and in super slow motion? If something gets nudged, that's not goalie interference. Well, even in real time, I mean, it looked to me like a legal play. Uh, Cam Talbot pushed out uh, from inside his crease to initiate contact on uh, Tanner Pearson. And he used his glove. And in the action of, of Talbot setting himself, he's allowed to do that. Uh, but Pearson wasn't in the crease. He wasn't encroaching. He was at the top of the crease, just outside of it with both of his skates. His butt was outside the crease. He wasn't bent over and, and having the booty sticking in. So this was just in the overall complexion of a goalie setting up, squaring up to the shooter, clearing a little path uh, that he's going to be able to uh, square up and, and see the shot. Now, the this legal screen that was set up by Tanner Pearson resulted in Cam Talbot not being able to, to see the puck. Uh, it was a terrific shot. Uh, by Paul Ledoux. I mean, he, he just shot that right by uh, Pearson's uh, right leg. Um, it was a, an obstructed view shot uh, for Cam Talbot, and it just went inside the post. So it was just absolutely a perfect play uh, from an offensive player, players uh, in the setup of the screen outside the paint that didn't uh, encroach on the goalie's ability to play his position. And Cam also... Uh, set up the way he wanted to. After he pushed Pearson, he moved to his left, and then he set, he had uh, half of his uh, body in the blue paint, 
right pad, the majority of his body was in the, uh, in the blue paint, and he had his left skating pad outside by his own design. Uh, and just wasn't able to see the shot uh, from the perfect screen of, of Tanner Pearson. So the review was done absolutely perfectly. This is the standard that should be. Now, had where we're going to get a little uh, gray is if Pearson had been inside or the, even at the top of, of the crease over the, the red crease line, then you're going to have some differences in opinion as to whether it caused the goalie the inability to defend his goal or play his position. But the way this was set up, it's absolutely perfect. The overhead clearly showed it wasn't goalie interference. The right call was made uh, on the review. And, you know, I don't blame Edmonton. I mean, it was a 3-2 game. Yeah. Five minutes and 40 left. They had to review it. They had to, they had to call a challenge on it. Uh, so, you know, it just... It's a flip of the coin uh, in most cases. In this one, though, it was pretty clear to me, as you, that uh, it wasn't goalie interference. Changing rules kind of mid-season. And, and I know there might be some frustration because people, when they see a goal like last, last night, stay a goal, which I think it should be, but they'll say, well, two months ago, that would be called back. Well, for me, I'm like, okay, you're right. It would have been, but that doesn't make it, make it right. That means they've righted a wrong. As an official, um, I think there was a year where they, like the, the Brett Hall toe in the crease rule. Did they not amend that late in the season and then it was different for the playoffs? No, not at all. I mean, oh my God, that was awful for us. It was horrible. That came from a training camp meeting that we had. Brian Burke was in charge. Uh, he was uh, VP of Hockey Ops. And we had a roundtable discussion. Brian Lewis was the referee-in-chief, and it was just the referees uh, and senior referees. And we were going around and talking about things just before training camp ended. And Terry Gregson uh, took the floor and said to Brian Burke, listen, there's something that really bothers me. He said, Hockey Night in Canada absolutely kills us because the rule for being in the crease says that if a goal is scored and an attacking player is in the crease, then the goal shall be disallowed. It didn't say anything in the rule that time uh, about whether there was interference or contact. And he said, there are situations where a player will be skating behind the goalie through the crease, a goal is scored, and we just get absolutely killed from, from the uh, sportscasters when they recite the rule. There's no defense of it. It's common sense. It didn't you know, interfere with the goalie at all, mm-hmm. uh, but the rule is the rule. So um, Gregson, <laughs> he made the point of saying, Brian, you can't be half pregnant. <laughs> However, that came up. Uh, he decided that it was a good analogy. And uh, so Berkey said, okay, uh, so if a guy's in the crease, and that's what the rule says, as it does, then disallow the goal, and we'll support you on it. So then I said, okay, so what defines the goal crease? Which I knew the answer to. It's the crease line. Uh, Is it the blue paint, or is it the line, outer edge of the line, that rims the crease? And Burke said, well, it must be the line. I said, that's accurate, just like the blue line. So I said, if a guy has, and I wanted to see how ridiculous this really was going to be, and I, I hope they'd reversed it. I said, if a guy is on the other side of the goalie, not touching him, and has his toe on the crease line, is he in the crease or is he out of the crease? The answer came back. As per the rule, 
He's in the crease. We disallowed so many goals that year. It was awful. Oh, I remember. There were t- oh, it was brutal. And, and I remember Dean Lombardi. Uh, you know, there was one in Dallas that uh, in San Jose was playing, and I just didn't see the guy on the other side of the crease. And the replay showed that he had his foot on the on the uh, skate tip of his toe on the line, and he said, I know it doesn't make sense, but we've had this called against us throughout the year, and here's one that, you know, this goal should have been disallowed. And I said, well, I'm sorry, I didn't see it. So those are the those were the kind of things. And then when Brett Hall lost the puck, was half in the crease, and reached out and dragged the puck back, that was totally contrary to everything we had done through the season and in the playoffs. Perfect, because I've had so many Stars fans. No, no, they changed it. I'm like, I never read anywhere. I've Googled it everywhere. So I wanted to ask you. I knew you'd, you'd know. Carrie, I appreciate your time. As always, enjoy Aruba, and uh, we will talk to you next Thursday. Thanks, buddy. We'll uh, brave the cold and get out there and uh, play that long game.